Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. How are you doing today? Today, you may notice I have a bit of a different tone. This is the time of the year that I become quite reflective, and a large part has to do with we've just finished the summer season of the Aqua Monsters at our team party, and it's the season ending. And I think about my life, the choices that I've made, how I'm spending my time. And I am very curious and reflective at this time of the year. So one of the things is you've heard me talk about the Aqua Monsters, and really the Aqua Monsters don't make any logical sense. (laughs) It takes a lot of time and energy. There can be sleepless nights. And there's so many other aspects of it that why do I do it? And I sometimes ask myself that. But one of the things that I've come down to is that it's the greatest love affair of my life. And I mean, outside of my family, obviously there's my family and my husband and my kids and all of that. But it's one of the greatest love affairs that I have of this community, of this space of belonging. Swimming has been this very important part of my life. And I often will say that swimming saved my life. And the big reason it saved my life is it gave me a place to belong. And it allowed me the space to be authentically who I am. I was a shy little girl who thought she was a loser from Loser Street. And I had a safe place to go every day where people were happy to see me, namely my age group swim coach, Gene Kendall. And he would smile and say, hi, Corinne. And that's really all that I needed. And I could be around a bunch of people because I'm a shy extrovert, little did I know, be around a bunch of people, but didn't have to talk because I didn't think much of myself, but I could be around people and I didn't have to talk because my face was in the water. So there's so much about swimming and who I've become through the years as an athlete and then as a coach and now as the director of the Aqua Monsters that I love the Aqua Monsters. And it's one of the most challenging things that I've ever done outside of parenting. It's taught me a lot about organizations and leadership and, you know, business and finances. And there's a bottom line to it all because, you know, there's employees and there's bills and there's rent and all of that that goes on. And as a coach or as a director, I'm dealing with parents who on a lot of teams are considered the opponent, you know, the, oh God, these parents. And I think of the parents and I've always, not always, but I've learned to have a lot of compassion for them because I have a lot of influence over their three most precious things, their child, their time, and their money. And they feel very vulnerable. So they may have built this life where they don't feel vulnerable by achieving, right? I always joke that, I don't joke, but one of the things that I say is on my team, I live in a university town on my team, the parents that I interact with all have a D at the end of their name, PhD, MD, and JD. So they've climbed that social ladder. And then when they walk into the Aqua Monsters, I'm not interested in those rules. I'm interested in having a place where everybody belongs, regardless of your social status, regardless of your achievements, having a place because on our team, it's every monster who matters. 
So it's aligned. So this team is such my love affair. And you've hit me at a time where I'm very reflective about it and quite emotional about it because there's so much love and there's so much exhaustion and there's so much going on. And I think about the alternative. And a lot of times people get, you know, bitter, they have hatred, they have exhaustion about it. You know, they say it's not worth it. It's not worth my time. I'm not compensated enough. All of those crappy thoughts, which is going to be the thing I'm going to be talking about today is, you know, the end of bad thoughts. But I think about the kids, the families, the belonging, the connection, how we're all growing, how I have the privilege to walk with these families, you know, some of them maybe for a few months and some of them for like eight to 10, 12 years where we all get, who do we become in this process? Who have I become, you know, since I said yes back in, what was it? 2005. When I said, yes, I would come back and to youth swimming in my town after swearing in 1997, I would never coach youth, especially in my town. So be careful. Those of you who say never, but who I've become in the process, the Aqua Monsters have been a great teacher for me. It's been a great place. It's been my one of my arenas where I can fall down and get back up and learn how to lead and learn how to connect and how to get other people to rise as well. So it's been a part of my personal involvement. So it's been, again, one of my greatest love affairs. And it has been also an arena that allows me to create a lot of stress for myself. And last night I was wondering, I'm like, oh, my life would be so much easier if I didn't do the monsters, you know, as I was thinking and worrying about stuff, because even, you know, I was exhausted and my brain would go that way. And then I go back to the kids, right? The kids and this process of who they get to become and the families and the parents and how they evolve and the coaches one of the longtime parents and they're good family friends of ours. They've been on the team longer actually than I have. And the dad said to me a couple of years ago, and he had mentioned this at one of our end of the year team parties as he was asked to speak. But he said, you know, cause he'd at that time, I think been on the team nine or 10 years. And he had said, you know, what his experience, what he have seen is that the kids get better. The coaches get better and the parents get better. We all get better. So I ask you, how the hell do you not do that when you get to be a part of something that it allows a space for everybody to get better? And this is my, I guess, contribution to the world of how can I make it a better place is by doing this. And <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that I do that, you know, isn't fun. I've, I've come up with this analogy of like a lot of times it's like, I'm the air conditioning, <laughs> the air conditioning unit, not really appreciated until your air conditioning unit goes out and it's 104 degrees outside. And you're like, ah, oh, and then you have to get a new air conditioning unit. And you realize, wow, it wasn't really grateful to the air conditioning, but it kept things so much more enjoyable. And so oftentimes when I have to establish boundaries, when I have to do the hard work and have courageous conversations, when I have to own my own leadership mistakes and circle back with an employee about what I've done, you know, those are all the things that I do that are air conditioning moments and it contributes. And I'm just one person out of many people because we're all contributing to this community. So I give you that in the sense of, you know, when you're reflecting, when you're thinking about something that you're spending a lot of time, how do you look at it? Because for me, the Aqua Monsters, they're part of that theme song. It's my life theme song of cheers. 
a place you go where everybody knows your name, a place where we're all the same. That theme song and that show has always been one of my guiding lights of when I start to stray and wonder how much longer can I do this, which is a really crappy question. I should be asking myself, what do I need right now? And it's probably sleep, a day off, you know, connection with somebody that I love or myself, somebody in my family or friends. What is it that I need before I make any of those decisions? But I'm just so grateful at this time of the year because, you know, the the monsters totally represent everything I talk about on the show of, you know, how do we move through life? How do we evolve to ourselves? How do we own who we are and love ourselves in the process, the strengths that we bring as well as the flaws. And I am so grateful for the Aqua Monsters and who I've become in the process. And I remember in 2004, we were going up to Tahoe, my husband and I, and there was some talk about us taking over the monsters. And I think I yelled at him the entire drive up. I was like, you are crazy. That is never happening. You know, that will take over our life. There is no way we can see how effective that conversation was, but (laughs) it has taken over a huge part of my life, but I can look back and go, it was well worth it. And I hope for you that whatever you commit to your life, that whether you're checking in or at the end of it, you can look back and say it was well worth it. One of the things that I often get sad about is when a swimmer, because of course, this is my great love affair, comes back and they have the stories of hatred and, you know, of resentment towards it. And again, there's lots of grueling things about the sport, but I think sometimes we forget about the beauty of the sport and the people that are involved. So I'm so grateful for all the parents over the years who've trusted us. And then the parents who've helped dedicate their time and given in the, I mean, talk about air conditioning units. You know, there's so many people that work behind the scenes to make a community go. So whether if your kids are on a swim team or you're part of an organization, know that it's not just the person who's leading, who may be front and center, but there's so many people that are supportive. And if you can ever say thank you, it would really go a long way, especially at the end of a season, at the end of a production, if your kids do theater, because people are pretty tired at that point and they start to get resentful and they can wonder like, is this really worth it? So if you're in those kind of situations, any kind of group, whether it's with kids, adults, whatever you're part of, when you can say thank you, especially to the unsung heroes, that would really be supportive for those people. You know, and the other people that I'm so grateful for all the coaches that I've got to lead over the years and, you know, allow me to develop as a leader and for them to give to the kids, either what they got from the sport and wanted to give back because they were so committed to this process that we have on the monsters. And then, you know, the other part I want to thank for is I'm so grateful for, as I go through this reflection this morning, is my family. They have bought into, especially my kids have bought into this program, the value of this program. And they've been a part of it as kids growing up and they're, you know, young coaches on our staff in the summertime and the fun stories. Like when we were getting ready for champs, they were talking about their, when they were young kids growing up and their champ experience. And it was so fun to hear their experiences and their, their stories and their, uh, through their eyes. So I loved it. And they've also had to have a lot of understanding of, you know, missed like last year, I had to stay home for a bit while my family was on vacation because there's some stuff as a leader I had to attend to, or this summer I've missed a lot of family dinners. So even though that's a huge family value of ours, I've missed that. 
And there've been times of missed moments of connection and conversation because there may have been somebody else. So one of the things that I've been very fortunate with my kids is they could look at it and be filled with resentment for this community, but they truly are filled with understanding. And, you know, there's parts that they get bummed out about because maybe they want to have that time to talk and there's another crisis that's happening. So they have been so understanding and there's so many contributing members. So at this time of the year, my latest happening is this reflective. And I invite you to go through whatever at the end of something, just reflect. What are the great things? What are the difficult things? How do you want to frame it in your brain? Because it all goes back to the stories that we tell ourselves. And again, with the Aqua Monsters, I can have some parents and be like, oh, that was just horrible and da 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 da. And it's just so gruesome and then actually get stunted in their involvement versus the families who are like, just get in there and they care about the kids. And again, when you care about the kids, it makes doing some of the stuff so much better. Here's a simple reframe I do not like hot weather. I. <laughs> And I've always fascinated when people start to complain about hot weather and I'm like, but you sit in an office all day with air conditioning, right? So I don't like, I don't like the hundred degree days. I'm not a heat person, even though I did Bikram, but I've evolved myself because I understand the warmer it is, the better it is for the kids, especially in the summer. Like it's so much fun for them to run around in their speedos, you know, and swim and be warm and not be cold because in parts of the year we're working so hard to keep them warm. So when I think about in our program, we are kids focused program, then it makes it like, okay, I can withstand the heat because this is better for the kids and I could be of service in that way. So that helps me instead of thinking it shouldn't be this hot, it would be more comfortable if it was 84 degrees for me, you know, but then they may be cold. So I have been able to evolve and grow because of the different perspectives that I have and it's in line with my values. So for some people it may not be, and that's okay. I'm not saying swimming is for everybody and I'm not saying you need to be part of the aqua monsters, but I'm just saying, how do you, do you want to be stunted or do you want to evolve? And there's so much more that you can benefit from coming from a place of appreciation and gratitude and then making tweaks that serve you. One of the things I'm actually considering, I don't know if I'll do it yet, but is just even having a sun umbrella. Like I wear sleeves now and I have my buff and all that stuff, but even having just a sun umbrella so I can bring my own shade. A parent had that at Champs and I'm like, hmm, I'm starting to think about that. So we'll have to plug that in. So anyways, I want to now talk about today's show. So I was incorporating that, but today I'm talking about the end of bad thoughts. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is there's a little bit of confusion about managing your mindset. People think, oh, once I manage the mindset, poof, I won't have bad thoughts ever again. And this is going to be fantastic and easy peasy. And I'm going to live in the promised land, right? And again, going back to swimming, like the swimmers can attain that goal level that they thought like, wow, this is great. And then it's always lovely because then I bring the kid to a next level meet to a next level of swimming and the parents and kids think, oh, well, I knew everything. And it's usually the parents that struggle more than the kid. And then it's like, oh my gosh, there's more to learn, right? So managing your mindset is very much the same thing is that you go through and you start to have better thoughts and better feelings. And you're like, wow, it doesn't mean that bad thoughts don't happen. Like again, with the Aqua Monsters, greatest love affair of my life. And last night in my place of exhaustion after, what was it? I don't know, 14 hour day, 16 hour day, something crazy. I was 
starting to worry and then have bad thoughts about the monsters and should I be doing this? But that wasn't because of the bad thoughts. It was because I was depleted and I needed to fill myself back up before I can even make that kind of a decision. So you will have bad thoughts. Managing your mindset does not mean that you won't have bad thoughts. Here's the thing. You can move through it quicker. Most of the time, you know how to get out of it. You know how to move through the obstacles when you manage your mindset. I don't want to say an expert because like, what does that really mean? But as you get better at managing your mindset, you can move through it. So swimming again is this great, like kids who don't know how to swim. And then when they do know how to swim, they can, you know, dive in, they can swim, they can make some tweaks. Maybe they, you know, they feel a little off, but they can make some tweaks. So that's the same thing with our thoughts. You will have bad thoughts. There are voices that are in there because our brains are like a sponge. So think about it. Sponges have pick up a lot of bacteria and it's not like, oh, well, you know, I wiped this and there was full of bacteria. There's just bacteria there. You may not know where it came from and that's okay. Just know that there's bacteria. Know that your brain is like a sponge and there will be bad thoughts. Isn't it funny? I'm calling them bad thoughts because I don't usually like to use the word good or bad, but here we are today. But I like to think of those quote, bad thoughts as tabloids. So one of my favorite things to do when I go grocery shopping is that when I'm standing in line, cause I like to be productive. I don't like to waste time and I like to be entertained is I love to read. So it's this game I play with myself of, I want to get through the shortest line, right? Cause I want to get out of there and I want to read the tabloids and make sure I get all the titles, all the headlines read before I purchase but I'm always reading them. And I'm always like, huh, I wonder if this is true. I wonder if it's not. And it was, I think back in the day when Bruce Jenner and the tabloids were saying that Bruce Jenner was transforming to become a woman. And I was like, really? Like the, you know, the decathlete, the big time gold medal manly event, you know, athlete is going to become a woman. I was like, huh, I wonder if that'll be true. Didn't know. I didn't attach to it. I said, we shall see. And it did become true. The story did become true, but how many of those stories don't become true? And when we can have a situation like that, where we're not attached to the thoughts in our head, if we can treat the thoughts in our head, like the tabloids, you will have less pain and suffering. So if there's a thought in my head of, oh, Karen, you're a loser, you know, here you are worrying, you know, better than to worry. Okay. What are the thoughts that are creating it? I'm just rehearsing tragedy oh, okay. What do I need right now? I need to sleep. I need to rest. I need some connection. Okay. So I'm not attached to the thoughts and I'm able to move through it because our thoughts become beliefs when you attach to them. The most important thing that we can do is be mindful. And mindfulness is when you understand your thoughts and your feelings and you're not attached to them. They're like, they're the tabloids. It's like, oh, there's that voice again. Isn't that fascinating? And just let it be with that. You don't need to change it. When I used to teach yoga and we would be in Shavasana and the idea was to have a really clear brain. And I would say to my students, when the thoughts come in, you don't need to fight with it. Don't argue with it. It shouldn't be here because now you're attaching to it. You're engaging with it. Instead, you can say hello thought and goodbye thought and be done with it let it flow through. And so I think of the thought of like a butterfly flying in and flying out, not attaching to it. So when you have bad thoughts, I invite you, do not argue. This shouldn't be here. It means I'm a fraud. I don't know what I'm doing. Goodbye thought and don't attach to it. So 
you get to choose what you want to believe. And if you attach to those thoughts, you will then believe those thoughts. So those negative, bad thoughts about yourself, about your life, you're going to believe it. So that's why at a swim meet, I can sit here and say, oh my God, swimming's the best sport on the planet. And I can have a parent who's like, this is the most ridiculous thing. It shouldn't be this way. The experience is I'm going to have a lot better time than this other parent. And I choose to have a better time. I don't want to be miserable. What do you choose for you? Now, people say, but Corinne, we don't want to lie to ourselves. And how do we know it's true? There's a difference between a lie and a thought reframe. I'm not saying that BMX biking is the best sport on the planet. Or I remember when my bonus daughter did softball. I do not like softball. All of you softball enthusiasts, that is awesome. I'm so happy for you. I don't love softball. I don't love it, but I made it better because I wanted to support those that I loved. And so I showed up and I did that. You know, I'd bring books to read for, I don't know, it was kind of like my clutch. I remember I can't so long ago and I remember how exactly, but Sometimes I would read, I would talk with people and I would try to enjoy the, I I wouldn't try to, I would enjoy the experience, but it wasn't my like, oh, yippee skippy. I can't wait to go to this, but I made it better. And when it ended, I was very happy that it ended, but I did make it better and it's not my chosen place. So I'm not lying to myself. I'm owning the truth. Notice the difference between lying to yourself. And when you tell yourself a thought reframe and how do you notice is you check in with your body because our bodies are truth tellers. Some of you, like I used to be really numb and not be able to notice what my body was sensing. I learned how to connect with my body and, and practice that and get better at that. Check in with your own integrity. You know, if you're telling the truth, one of the things that I'm always doing is, you know, I'm like the compliance person of checking in with, does this align with this? You know, if this is my value, am I living with line with my value? So I check in with my own integrity. And then the other thing is to notice the difference between an opinion and a fact. Because so often, you know, my clients will resist and say, well, Corinne, if I say I like myself, that's not justified because other people need to like me. But whose opinion really matters? And our thoughts are all opinions. They're not facts, they're opinions. And what is being likable enough? What is being successful? What is the definition of enough? So I've often used this example of Harry Potter, right? So in Harry Potter has been considered a successful, you know, book series, and then it's evolved to movies. And I think to two Harry Potter lands, people love Harry Potter. That is an opinion, right? There's a lot of facts to it of being this billion dollar industry or JK Rowling making a billion dollars. And there's all sorts of stuff that go with that. And it's successful in New York times. And, you know, you have all the stats and there are people that totally love it. It doesn't mean that I should love it. Cause I don't, I'm not a Harry Potter fan and that's okay. And I have friends who are absolute Harry Potter fans and that is all fine, but it's not something that I love or I want to choose to spend my time with. So Harry Potter can be successful in certain aspects. It's not something that then therefore I need to align with because everybody else likes it. So it's an opinion of others. It's just not my opinion. And what I want for you is I want you to have a fantastic opinion of yourself. I want you to be your own best friend and, you know, value yourself and know your strengths and your faults. I don't sit here and go, wow, I'm just so fantastic. And you all, right. There's not a comparison, but I do believe that I am a very good leader. And I also know I'm flawed. 
And I give myself that because I'm not trying to be a perfect leader who never makes mistakes. That's not achievable. I continue to learn and strive for excellence. I continue to evolve. And then according to my standards, my own personal standards, when I look at who I am and how I show up in my world, I believe I'm a good human. And I also know that I am fierce. (laughs) and That is not for everybody because you might need to watch out because I will fully show up with passion and commitment and love. My love for the Aquamonsters can be like, uh uh-oh, here comes Corinne, but it's my love and passion and commitment for the sport. So this is the way I choose to be. I don't know another way. And frankly, right now, I don't want to live another way. This is in line with who I am. And there, of course, is doubt in my brain that comes in. And sometimes there's that voice like, okay, Corinne, you're too much. Really? People don't want this, right? And then, or it'll be like, well, you're not really enough. Who do you think you are? Again, those bad thoughts, they come in. And those can be crappy statements. I can ask myself crappy questions like, am I too much? Am I not enough? The less I'm attached to those thoughts and I'm just aware, like I'm aware of the tabloid, then I can go into like, is this even true? You know, and I can ask myself, what do I need? If it's not true, what is it I need? And for me, usually it's rest. I usually just need rest. I need some space and some rest or I may need connection. Again, the connection can be with myself, it can be someone I love, it could be a friend, it could be just a little kid, you know, on the Aqua Monsters who I'm high-fiving, but what is it I need? Nourishment for my soul? Is it books I need to read, watching television that fills me up, listening to a podcast? What is it that I need? Looking at the flowers outside my window, what is it I need for nourishment for my soul? Then I can be reflective and really look at, okay, what is true? What's the story I'm using against myself? How do I want to feel? How do I want to show up in my life? And I give myself permission to love me. And those bad thoughts, what they start to do is they dissolve because my focus and desire changes. Now it's your turn to go test it out for yourself. As you evolve, allow your involvement to be messy. One of the big mistakes that I see both with my clients and in the Aqua Monsters is we all want to achieve and we have this belief. It's a very limiting belief. Once I achieve, then I won't have to deal with this mess. There's always going to be the mess. Allow for the bad thoughts. Just don't attach to them, right? You want to practice not attaching to the thoughts, being aware of them, treat them like the tabloids, and then you practice moving through them. So remember, you can be fantastic at managing your mindset you will still have noise in your brain. And that noise are the bad thoughts. I want you to not be alarmed. It's normal and it's all okay. Practice being mindful. Mindfulness is understanding and knowing your thoughts and feelings without attaching to them and learning how to move through them. Sometimes I will say back to my client, one of their limiting beliefs, one of their thoughts. And as I'm saying it, I can feel my body get tense or flush down depending on what feeling state that dials up. And it's so fascinating because it's not my belief. I'm just speaking their words and I can go through the experience inside. I can feel it and I can start to attach to it. And so my job is to not attach to it and move through it. So be mindful. And then my friend, be deliberate with what you want to believe telling yourself the truth, no lies, what you want to believe, reframing the thoughts so that they're true 
so that you feel the way you want to feel and focus on that instead of focusing on the bad thoughts and the negative feelings in your life. My friend, you really have this. You get to evolve to the next best version of you and it's a much more enjoyable place to live. All right, so before we go, I have the September workshop on the mindset practice. If you haven't signed up and you're like, okay, this all sounds great and I've been trying to do it on my own, but Corinne, I need help. This workshop is for you. It's a small workshop. It's virtual. That means you and I and the other people, we're going to be connecting online. We're going to look like the Brady Bunch. I just love Zoom. It's the Brady Bunch. We all have our boxes and I'm going to coach you. Group coaching is highly effective. Virtual workshops are highly effective. So don't tell yourself these limiting beliefs. Oh, it won't really work. It's another way for you to take this work to the next level. There's a link in the show notes. Go sign up there. All right, my friend, until next time, I'm smiling big for you. My friend, you know that your voice matters. It matters to me. And so we're going to do two things here. We're going to one practice on your voice mattering and you owning your voice. And the other is preserving your brain juice. So the first thing I want you to go do is share your voice. Leave a review of the show on iTunes. Tell me what you love. Tell me why you're here. Your voice matters. And the second thing, if you haven't done it already, preserve your brain juice by making sure you hit the subscribe button and you're subscribed to the show. I'm smiling big for you. I can't wait to give you a shout out on the show in the future. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.